Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Hello and welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. This is episode, I think it is episode 30. Wow, which is super cool. And Stephanie and I are here today to talk about a very cool topic, which is awesome because we're opposites. But should you plot our pants, your next novel? Before we get started, Stephanie, how is your week going? What is new and exciting? Hello, hello, party people. So very, very good. I am back in my creative flow, which is awesome. Um, for the first few weeks of, you know, pandemic pandemonium, I was in a slog creatively, but now I'm good. Like I, the creative juices are back. I'm really excited for this episode because I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm doing as far as for my stories. I have been focusing, we all know by now that I always work on multiple projects at the same time. Project of Focus is my fantasy romance serial, which I won't even know if I can call it a serial after a while because it might be too long to be called um, a serial. However, I am starting on book one and it's really, really fun. It's about, um, it's a romance between a mage and a siren, which... I honestly, I honestly only came up with that just because I had just read To Kill a Kingdom by Alexandra Cristo, and it's about a siren. It's a twist on The Little Mermaid, and it's about a siren. I was like, I really like water stories. I want more siren stories. I'm going to write a siren story. <laughs> is the only reason why we are here. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, it's really fun. And I've been diving into it. And I have been plotting. Yes, I have. Yes, I have indeed. And so I will soon be ready to write. So I am focusing on that. Of course, I've got um, the serial that I do with my email newsletter. And then of course, Seraphim Resistance Book 2, which right now I'm in the marketing trenches for Seraphim Falling. And it's been really awesome just watching not only the support of the indie community but watching just different marketing tactics and seeing like what works seeing what's not working analyzing that so i know what to do as far as book two to see like what will work for book two so that's been really fun as far as like the marketing perspective for sarah from falling and then the writing end for my fantasy serial which you know i'm not like sharing the title or anything yet, but it's really, really fun. It's a young adult fantasy between, it's a slow burn romance between a siren and a mage. So that's what I've been working on. What about you? Well, I have, well, I'm supposed to be taking a break because I finished Fade It, which is the second book in the Night of the Dark Fae series. And I released the second book in my uh, serial, fantasy romance serial. So I'm supposed to be taking a break and just really enjoying things, which I'm sort of doing. I was chatting with my husband a lot about audiobooks and budgets and advertising and different things like that. And really just trying to scale up marketing efforts. Um, I released the audiobook for Pawn. It finally got approved by Amazon and came out. And it has been 
absolutely outstanding. Like it is flying off the shelf. So I'm really impressed with it. I'm really happy with it. I'm happy with the reviews that are coming in from readers and I just really want to capitalize on it. So that has been my sole focus and what I've been working on. And I will get to my retelling of Beauty and the Beast. We'll see how much of a retelling of Beauty and the Beast it actually ends up being, but that's what I'm going to work on next. And then I'm going to dive into my sea story, Realm of Rulers, which is the fourth book in the Legend of the Nameless Wind series. And I'm really excited about it because we just get to go under the water and deal with that and see demons and craziness. It's going to be epic. So I'm really excited about it. But yeah, that, that's it for me this week. Um, I'm just trying to relax and take it easy and give myself a little break, even though I have all these creative ideals that are coming up. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. I think it's funny that we're like both tackling water stories. I think they're just really fun. Like water stories are really fun. Um, I was the person that like really loved Pirates in the Caribbean and all these things. So like for me, just water stories, they're interesting because like, beasts and creatures of the sea are far worse than beasts and the creatures of the land so it makes it more interesting like there's more mystery and intrigue and the fact that like there's endless depths to the ocean so like stories are endless when it comes to the sea whereas with with the land i mean like you know you have forests and villages and mountains and you know but it's limited whereas the ocean it's like endless so i'm excited for the stories you have a lot coming out actually now that i think about it you live you definitely just drop like three books nonchalantly like yeah these three are coming out okay well you know <laughs> i've got this one next coming out <laughs> that'll be fun oh, i can't stop i can't but that leads us to today's topic which i'm really excited about because I like to pants my novels and there are certain pros and cons to that. And Stephanie, you like to plot your novels, which is great. So I don't know how you wanna tackle it, but we should dive in. Before we get started talking on today's topic, here's a word about our Indie Author Lifestyle Workshops. Workshops are designed for career authors who want in-depth training on certain topics to help you take your career to the next level. Join us each month to dig into writing, publishing, and book marketing strategies for only $27.99. Plus, get access to the exclusive community. Find out our topic of the month by going to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash workshops. Now back to our episode. No, for sure. Um, so plotting versus panting. First of all, I think when it comes to deciding should you plot or, or should you pant, you should think about like what kind of person you are. Like I was actually thinking about that question today and that really hit me. And I realized I'm a plotter because that's how I am in almost everything. Like my closet is in a certain order. Like my room is in a certain order for any function or engagement or activity. Like I need to know the itinerary. Like I just, just like, I don't, even if it's not like super detailed, but I know what's happening in the beginning, what's happening in the middle, what's happening in the end. Like as long as my brain knows where we are going and how we are getting there, I'm perfectly fine. And so I realized that bled into my writing, which is why like every time I'm like, oh, you know, I think, you know, like for example, with this fantasy romance serial, 
I was like, oh, well, let me just dive into it. You know, I'll have fun. I have the idea for a mage and, a, and I have the idea for a siren. I'll just dive in there and I'll figure it out. Not the case. My brain was like, no, mm -mm, we're not doing this. Like all the wires in my brain start to like and just like freak out. It was like, no, you need order and structure. We're not doing this. <laughs> and, so, and so like I really, really just wanted to dive in and start writing. And I did. And I got nowhere. Like I got almost 600 words in and I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> And I stopped because my brain just needs structure. And that's the kind of individual that I am. I'm not really the spontaneous type. Like if I have an empty Saturday, I need to at least plan what are some things that I can get done this Saturday? Like if it's just an empty day and I have nothing going on, I will get nothing done. And then I'll get mad that I got nothing done. <laughs> so I realized that when it comes to writing and figuring out what kind of writing is best for you, honestly, just think about what kind of individual you are. Like, are you spontaneous? If you are, you're probably going to end up being a pantser because you just want the story to be discovered as you write. But if you're not that type, if you really, really live a life that's completely ordered out and structured out, then you're going to plot your novel because there comes a point where you're like, I can't, I need to know where we're going. Like, I need to know where these characters are going. I need to know what they're doing. I need to know why they're doing doing it like your brain just needs that consolation before you dive in and then of course there's the hybrids you know like the people who do like a little scant outline or they plan just a little bit and then they let the story develop as they go right like your planters <laughs> but for the most part most writers are on one or the other side of the spectrum like they either plot or they either pant and so for me like diving into this conversation i really think um if you're like well i don't know if i should plant my <laughs> plants i don't know if i should pants my novel or if i should you know like sit out and like really plot it out think about what kind of individual you are you know um and you don't and it's not a deep dive it's just recognizing your daily patterns and habits and recognizing oh this is the kind of person i am yeah i should probably do this for my writing <laughs> I 1000% agree with that because it really is your personality comes into play so much when you're writing. And I'm finding that I'm the kind of person that if people are planning too much, I tend to like think, are you ever going to start? You're probably never going to start. Oh my goodness. I need to get started now. And I like to dive in um, and start because I just feel like sometimes all this planning and talking can be such a waste of time when you could be writing. And so that's definitely my personality. And that's why I am a little bit more spontaneous. Now, I don't begin my books just by like writing whatever is on the top of my head and going in. I think that there does have to be a degree of planning and plotting. And I think about my core series, the Four World series. I wrote the entire thing when I was a teenager. And so when I came back to the story, when I was in my 20s, I already had done all of the pre-writing. And it, it kind of occurred to me, I was thinking about it, I was like, I really just pre-wrote that entire series because it basically was just me doing a rewrite. But I had all of the characters, I had all the maps, the world building was there, uh, the plot line was there. I knew everything that was gonna happen and I just had to change and adjust it to make it better. And so, when I think about it like that, I'm like, yeah, that really was a series that even though I wrote it without putting too much thought into it, the rewrite did require a lot of thought, a lot of effort, but it didn't require the world building and 
finding out where the characters are from and that that kind of character development. So that was really cool to get back into. But now when I sit down to write a story, I don't necessarily sit down and go through go through a deep dive, but there are different questions I ask myself because I need to know who my characters are. I need to know what their end goal is. And then I also need to know um, just, you know, what the end of the story, what they're going to achieve and what is going to be this thing that changes them and shapes them. And once I have an idea of what that is, I can write. And I'm finding that I'm very character driven. So I need to know a little bit about my character before I dive in and then I can go. Like there are certain rules I need to hold to when I write different stories. And so one of the things I did when I was writing Pawn, which is the first book in my Night at the Dark Face series, the main character is Maeve of Karn. And she is, she's kind of an anti-hero. She's a warrior with a dark past. And the one thing that I knew that kind of my rule for the story was, you know, Maeve is on her journey to redemption. And we're going to focus on all of the action and none of the boring parts. And so I'm not really going to take a breath and sit down and do like long descriptions with this story or take my sweet time with it to draw it out. It's just gonna be action, 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 action. And that's the rule of that story. And so when I was writing the second book, I was finding myself, like they, they spend some time in a certain area and I was like, ooh, I need to like sit down and draw this out. And then I was like, wait a second, that is not the rule of the story. The rule of the story is action, 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 not let's sit down and take our time. And so I'm finding that making sure that I have different rules and I know my characters really help when it comes to pantsing a story because then I can dive in, I can move faster. And that helps me when I get to the middle and my motivation is gone and I might somehow be stuck. That's a really interesting point, like actually viewing the kind like the story that you're writing and, you know, setting up the actual rules for it. I've not thought of that because it's true, like depending on what you're writing, you don't have to do certain things. You know what I mean? Like depending on like, for example, with Seraphim Falling, this is a, a story, you know, in its entirety that I have been working on since. 2015 2016 whereas with for you know I'll just take the fantasy romance serial right I'm diving in right away you know and it's kind of like this okay I get it I want to know certain information even as I'm plotting but I realized even this time I didn't do so much with it like whereas with Seraphim Falling I broke down <clears throat> we're talking about I broke down the different realms I broke down how time moves in these realms. I broke down the different worlds, what they look like, people groups, what kind of powers they have, all of this stuff, backstory of alliances and wars and all this stuff. Whereas with the fantasy romance serial, I was like, let me figure out. I don't even know what they look like. Okay. Like I, <laughs> I commissioned, <laughs> I commissioned an illustrator and she was like, yeah, so what are the details for the characters? And I was like, <laughs> hold on ran to Pinterest and I was like, okay, what am I thinking? Okay, boom, 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 you know, whipped up a little collage together and sent it to her. So I was like, okay, well, this is what they look like now. So like, so like, but with this fantasy romance, it's like, okay, I understand the investment is not as much as 
the Seraphim Resistance series so I don't have to go so deep. So even for myself as a plotter, I didn't even realize, but I do have different rules too. Like depending on the story that it is, it's like, oh, okay, no, like I'm not going to use all of this energy and time as I did for this big series. All I need is this information and this is the pace that we need to keep it at. You know, like it, it is fast paced. It is constantly moving and it's also shorter. So that's like the point of it too. So I think it's awesome that you touched upon um, just like the different rules, depending on what it is that you're writing. Because even I feel like whether you're a plotter or whether you're a pantser, there are you're not you're not completely confined to that. You know, it's you know, for pantsers, they're not like, oh, I have an idea for a girl who, you know, is driving an ice cream truck and then one day realizes that she has powers of fire. Like what? <laughs> you know, like they're not thinking of that idea and then diving into their book and then writing it. You know, there's a little bit of, okay, let me figure out what character am I seeing or what theme do I want to highlight here? Um, and with plotters, you know, we're not constantly, well, let me iron out every single little detail. How about I write the novel in an outline and then write it again, which I used to do. And I completely changed that, which brings me to um, the next point in the conversation is, you know, how limited do you think we are as far as being a pantser or a plotter in the sense of like, um, do you once a plotter, always a plotter, once a pantser, always a pantser, or it changes with time or and with projects? Like, what do you think? I definitely think it changes with time and with projects as we kind of get used to you know, our writing styles and getting familiar with it. I've been a pretty consistent writer for years now. And so I understand my writing style now. And I understand the the part in the book where I'm going to get bored or I'm going to get stuck or where I'm going to need a big change in order to really get me excited about moving forward again. And I think that's one of the things I do like about pantsing because I'm going to usually when I get to the end of the novel, the characters are where they're supposed to be at the end. But the how of how they got there is different. Like I might add different twists or they might discover this new revelation. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I can't believe they discovered this. Um, so I like being able to write in all of those twists, but I think it definitely changes. Like I used to get started with um, with characters and then just go from there. Or I used to have an idea and be like, ooh, what if I had like two people and they were traveling on this great big quest? That would be awesome. Let's write. Like I found that big, huge, vague ideals like that do not work for, for pantsing novels at all because they're too big. I really have to nail it down and figure out what is it that I'm trying to achieve and what is the end goal? And then I can get started from there and maybe toss in a few things that are going to happen along the way. But I definitely agree with your point about how it's different depending on what project you're working on. So, for example, I saw a cover and it was a pre-made cover. It was for sale. I saw it. I loved it. I bought it and I looked at it for a little while and then I was like, oh, I know what my story is. And that story is a hundred percent pantsing because it is based off of this character that I saw. And I'm like, there's going to be this girl and she's going to go on a quest and she is a warrior princess. And that was the ideal. And I've been writing that one. And it's been so much fun because the rule of that story is take your sweet time with it. This is for you. Just do whatever the heck comes to your mind. Just be very creative with it. But then I also was thinking about it and I was like, well, I can't really pants the story well without you know, just having like a very core world and I'm going to base it off of Celtic mythology. And so that became adding that little piece in just kind of made it come alive and it became a lot easier for me to just 
pants that novel. The only downside about it is that I'm like 70,000 words in and I'm like, okay, so how should I end it? What did the ending look like? And it would have been helpful to know that at the beginning because now like the, the novel's in the midpoint. And you know, had I known the ending, I might've been able to balance it a little bit better. But I think that's something we learn as we go along because now I have a series for 2021 that's in my head and I know it's gonna be big. And so I am writing down a lot more details about the plot and the characters. It's gonna have multiple points of view. And so I need to be a little bit uh, more more organized with this one. And so I think with this one, because I'm plotting it a little bit more than I usually plot, is going to end up being better because it is a big story. It's not like a single point of view about someone I can just follow around and make whatever happen. And so I think those are things you need to consider is knowing when to plot a little bit more and when you can just pants it. Anyway, over to you, same question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point, like knowing knowing when, you know what I mean? And, you know, just thinking about just like, are we confined to that? Years ago, when I first started writing for publishing, I would plot to the point where I think it was you one time I shared with you, like how in like intense my outline was. And you were like, oh, so you wrote a novel. And I was like, huh, what? <laughs> you were like, no, you like, you literally wrote a novel. And that outline I will never forget was like over 13,000 words. Yes, y'all. It was it was a short story. Like, like that's how long this outline was. And it was so extensive. I had every single detail. They're going to do this, then they're going to do this, then they're going here, then they're going here. And it was pre pretty much the the novel. And then when I went to go write the novel and things started like deviating from that, I like panicked and I had a meltdown. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's it's not happening the way that I planned it. And so and like I freaked out. And now years later, I realize as much as I plot, I allow room for pantsing. You know, like I have I have changed in the sense that, you know, as much as I want to know a lot of the details, really I just want to know the details that make up the foundation and the construct of the novel. You know, where do they start, the lie that they believe, and then, you know, the truth that they will have to face in the end. Like that's literally like the things that I want to know now, but I allow space now for pantsing because I'm like, at the end of the day, we're writing. Like you've got to be able to have that sense of discovery as you write. You know, if you go into it knowing every little detail, that gets taken away. And then I reach that place where I'm like, okay, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Like I'm bored. I know everything. Nothing is happening. I, I'm not being moved like I wish. Whereas like right now, you know, I finished the outline for the fantasy serial and I was like, oh, this is pretty intriguing. <laughs> I was like, okay, there, there's a lot of room for a surprise here, um, which is where you want to be. You know, it's that sweet spot of knowing who your characters are enough, like knowing enough of who your characters are and having a good enough clear vision of what they look like. So you can kind of like visually see, you know, who they are and how they move to this story, but giving yourself the space to actually be able to discover, to pants, to, to go through this experience and this journey and really meet their world and see their world with fresh eyes as they do, you know? And so I, I think that, you know, in the past, I would have said, yeah, sure. Like, you know, once you're a plotter, you die a plotter. Hello? <laughs> But now I'm like, oh, no, like there it changes. And depending on what you're writing, you know, 
it's different. Like I, you know, depending on the story, I may pants more than I apply. I'll still plot, but I may, you know, just allow room for spontaneity a lot more than just, well, let me have this all structured out. Whereas if it is a massive size, you know, like how you're talking about, if it is a general, a large general vague idea, that's not going to work because at the end of the, the day, your mind will just get overloaded with that. And there goes the story. Like you won't write what's supposed to be written or you'll write a book, but you won't really be impressed with it. Like you'll know, this was not the story that was meant to be written here. And so, you know, with a big world like the Seraphim Resistance series, where it's so interconnected with so many things that will come before and things that will be triggered to happen afterwards. Yeah, I have to have that extensive structure because there's just too much going on. There's too many moving parts, but with something that is smaller, or even if it is a big story, but it's less um, intent and, and it requires less investment. There's more room for that spontaneity. I feel like. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree. And I think one of the things that I had to overcome or like understand is that it's really important to understand story structure mm-hmm. and to understand, you know, what makes a good story. Why are the best selling novels best sellers? What are the tropes in your genre? And why you should write something if you're a career author in your series about, you know, making money from your writing. Like, of course, you should write what you love, but you should also make sure that you understand what's going on in the market that you're reading in your genre. And one of the things that I always like kind of said to myself is like, oh, I don't need to study the craft of writing because I already know how to tell a story. But once I did start studying the craft of writing and I started reading books on writing and, you know, going back to the very beginning, pretending I knew nothing and starting there, like it was just very eye opening, all the things that I was missing. And every time I write a novel, I want it to be better. And I want readers to just freak out about it. And it's really cool to see that, like to to go from writing my debut novel, which I absolutely adore, to what I'm writing, you know, today, years later, and just having readers just like message me and just like freak out and go like, Oh, my gosh, I loved it. This is my new favorite book. Like it's just so much fun. And I think it's, it's really good to remember that you do have to put in the work and not to be too arrogant and say, I already know it all. But you know, just humble yourself and make sure you do study the craft. And that was really helpful for me. Uh, I think one of the the biggest, uh, the person that I really look up to is Kay Wyland. Uh, I really like her stuff. I am not that kind of a plotter at all. Like the way she plots out her stories, just, I could not do that. I think I would never write another word ever again if I tried to attempt to do something like her. But just because (laughs) I can't do something exactly like her doesn't mean I haven't learned so much from her and her Mm. books. And it's being able to look at what she's saying and realize, okay, I need to make sure I do this, 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 and this, and make sure that that fits into my novel versus trying to do everything exactly the way she does things. So I think it's really helpful and a great word for our listeners to just make sure you're studying the craft too. And you're asking questions and you still have that attitude that, Hey, I'm here to learn. And there's always, always something you can do to improve your writing, regardless of whether your book hits the bestseller category or not, you can always improve it. Yeah, no, I agree. Pantser or plotter, you should be studying the craft period. Like this is what you do. This is your bread and butter. This is your life. This is, this is, 
I mean, it's not a hobby. Like we love what we do, but you know, make no mistake, this is very much so a craft and a business. And for you to sell more, be better, connect with more people, you have to write good books. Like at the end of the day, if if another write, you know, author reads your book and it's subpar because you didn't take your craft seriously, it's going to be very hard for you to network among the community because you don't take your craft as serious as the rest of the authors do. So, you know, regardless of your writing style, you definitely have to study the craft. And I second Cam Wyland. Um, funny enough, I literally opened up um, structuring your novel again today. Like it, it's just her work. It's like a textbook. Like, you know, you, sometimes I start a new project and I will literally open up her book again. And I'm like, okay, like I'll just flip to the chapters that I need. I'm like, all oh, right, this is what I need to put in there. Got it. You know? Um, and so I just, I love, love, love her work. I've learned so much from it. Um, <laughs> reading her stuff from the outset did send me on the path of the 13 K outline. However, I have grown. <laughs> I have grown. Um, so I am not like her where I have, you know, three spiral notebooks full of notes and months work of X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. Um, I don't have that. However, I mean, her stuff is great. Her stuff is absolutely great. And so I have this question. Um, so if someone is a pantser, and, you know, they're in the middle of a project right now and they've been just going at it, enjoying it. You know, they're writing chapters and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is new. This is the new discovery. What, what about it? this plot? This is awesome, um, which is great. You know, like, let's say they're writing and they're stuck as a pantser. What would you advise for them to do to get unstuck as a pantser? Yeah. So usually I go back and I hit the high points and I actually reverse outline what I've written so far. So usually I can go to an outline and say, okay, here's what the story arc is supposed to look like. This happens, this happens. Something really big happens in the middle, sends your characters into a spiral. Um, and then here are the next few things that are supposed to happen. You know, the character starts to win some battles, they start learning and growing. These are things that happen. And so I think it helps to go back and outline it and say, okay, here is, you know, the first plot point. Here's what happens in the first act if you're doing the three act structure. And make sure you plot it out because I think by the time you get to the next plot point, you realize, oh, here's the next thing that should happen. That's usually what I do when I get stuck because let me tell you, Pantsing is really fun up until you get stuck. And then you're like, now what? <laughs> Are you written yourself into a corner? So you can kind of go back. And the other thing I do, aside from kind of redo it, going through the plot, um, is also start like editing what I've written so far. Just start going back, reading it over again. Uh, because usually I find some things that I forgot that I wrote and I kind of miss. And so I can add those back in and go, oh yeah, so this is where this needs to go next. Um, yeah, super helpful and really fun to just keep moving forward with it because I think that's the one thing that makes it the hardest thing to be a pantser is that moment where you do get stuck. And I think if you stick with your project and kind of keep going because you know where the end is going to be, you just have to stick with it. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, for a plotter, I was thinking about this as you were responding. Um, you know, you mentioned that you go back and you edit. I know for when it comes to plotting, it's like, okay, well, you already did all of 
that. Like you kind of know the whole story. Um, honestly, I take a break and I either, so I do a few things. One, I'll start on working on another project and I will just label it a passion project. Um, at the end of the day, we're writers. We always have ideas, ideas. Like I don't, this whole nonsense of, oh, well, like I don't have any ideas. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You wake up, you go out, you go to Starbucks and you're like, wow, that would be interesting. <laughs> I should write it. And you keep it moving. And and we don't even realize how many ideas a day that we get. So oftentimes I will work on another idea. Or um, another thing that I will do is I will get visual inspiration. <laughs> a lot of the times, the reason why I know for me as a plotter, I get stuck is because I cannot visualize <laughs> what I know is supposed to be happening. So like I'll say, oh, you know, okay, I know that in when act two begins, you know, the lead up to that midpoint, the second plot point, they're going to be going on this part. They'll be at this juncture in the world, you know, at this point of the quest, they need to find X, Y, and Z ingredients. And then I'm like, oh, but I can't. And then I get stuck because I'm like, okay, so what does the journey look like? Like, are, what are they writing? You know, who are they with? Where, you know, where are they traveling? What do the roads look like? What is happening? So like a lot of the times I will I'll actually go to Pinterest um, with a purpose, okay? <laughs> Pinning with a purpose, y'all, um, because we know how distracting Pinterest can be. <laughs> and so I will go to Pinterest and I will look up, you know, what structures look like. You know, oftentimes I'll say like fantasy landscape and then I'll I'll either look up something, I'll look up really specific things, honestly, in, in Pinterest because it is a search engine, okay? It's not a social media platform. It is actually a search engine. So use Pinterest like you use Google. So I will go into Pinterest and I'll be like fantasy fire landscape, or I will go fantasy light magic or like fantasy, you know, water magic. Like I'm incredibly specific, you know, fantasy female elf warrior. Like I promise you, that's how deep I get. And then, you know, specific images will populate and then I can think of oh this is what I need to describe got it <laughs> and then I'll go back to the story and I'm able to move forward um those are two things I, I I know I really dive into sometimes it may be that I just need to like take a break or turn on some music and really get into like the vibe of it because oftentimes you know when you've already plotted your book, you you already know, honestly, what's going to happen from beginning to end. And sometimes it may just need to be, you need to take a step back. You know, Cam Wyland talks about this in her book, and I've used it ever since that I've read it. Um, she talks about the, the what if method. And she talks about how she will sit down and she has y'all notebooks. Well, she'll just write, what if character so-and-so did so-and-so? Okay, but what if this happened? But what if this happened? But what if they died? What if they lived? What if they married so-and-so? What would have happened if they married so-and-so? Like she just goes through so many questions. And another author friend of mine, she talked about how write out a ton of what if questions, cut out the first 25% because it's too easy, cut out the last 25% because it's completely outlandish and ridiculous. And, and what's left in the middle is really good ideas of where your story can actually go, you know? And so if you find that you're stuck, you know, you already know the majority of your book, it's like, oh, what if this happened instead? <laughs> You'd be surprised how many plot twists you can trigger just by asking what if X, Y, and Z happened here instead. So those are some of the things that I do. You know, I, I work on a different project because sometimes your brain just needs a break depending on how long you've been working on the thing. Um, I turn to Pinterest. I get visual inspiration. 
Um, I take some time to really listen to a soundtrack. And when I say soundtracks, I don't mean like just random songs. Um, oftentimes I personally like listening to the scores of movies, specifically fantasy or sci-fi movies. I'm very specific about that. So today I was listening to the soundtrack of, can I, can I, nope. I think, what's that thing called by Harry Potter? The Crimes of Grit, Griv, Grivendall, something like that. It's yes. A hair- yes, that one. Mm-hmm. That one. The, there we the go. second one in the Fantastic Beast. Um, there we go. I it's something by J.K. Rowling, y'all. Don't judge me. Um, it's one of her albums, but I was listening to it today, and she. There are some good tracks on there that I had on repeat. I was like, oh, this is perfect. So sometimes I will just throw on a track and I will let it play, and the emotions that you need, the music will stir up. So like those emotions will rise up. <laughs> Angela's waving her hand because it's true. Like those emotions rise up, and you're like, oh, this is what I needed to feel. To and it just it comp- like it unblocks your mind mind all of the barriers slip away and you're like yes i can finish or if you've tried all of that and you're still stuck ask yourself what if what could happen here you know what could happen here and if that doesn't work ask yourself what's expected you know if this is what you're writing and you think that your readers would expect it think about what your readers wouldn't expect and then write that I, I I love the expected and unexpected method. That's probably my favorite method to use when I'm writing. Um, that was a rule for one of my books. I was like, do think about what's expected and do the opposite, uh, which was really fun because it just it just makes you think outside the box and go, okay, so my readers will think this will happen, and then I'm gonna throw them on a curveball and do this instead, and they're gonna freak out. And that honestly is my favorite thing. I love when people write to me and they're like, that ending I never saw coming, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that that's just the fun things to to get your mind rolling. And I think one of the other things to do if if you're really stuck, just go sit down and read a good book, because. Boom. I mean, I got into writing because I love reading so much. And usually whenever I sit down and read, I just, oh, it just inspires me so much. Yeah, no, that is so good. Reading, you know, I often forget to mention reading because I'm like, reading is essential. Like you should be reading regardless. But um, it's interesting how many don't read. And I would encourage, um, Reading outside of your genre is great, but especially if you're stuck, read the books that are in your genre. Study what other authors are doing, because if it's selling, if it's popular, if readers are gobbling it up, they're doing something right. And honestly, your genre has patterns, right? So read for leisure and see what sticks out to you and what you like. Then read to study and see Oh, by chapter four, for the most part, this is what's happening in stories. Oh, by the middle, by this point, this is what's happening. Got it. That'll also help you get um, unstuck, especially if you're plotting and you're like, you know, I really just want to iron out these details. But honestly, with this conversation, I really hope it helps you guys to understand, like, first of all, whether you pants or plot, you know, neither is worse than the other. You know, um, the number one rule to writing, there is no rules. (laughs) So whichever you choose, honestly, there are no rules. Um, So 
you know, um, feeling like, you know, is it possible? Because sometimes I know we can like box ourselves, especially like the two camps when they go to war with each other. No, you got a pants. No, you got a plot. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you could do both. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Like, do you think that's a thing? Like you can go from being a complete pantser to being a complete plotter? I definitely think it's a thing. And I would say that I am within reason. I'm on a journey there. I don't pants as much as I used to just because I realized that, you know, there's so many different downfalls. And I think it's just better to be more of a hybrid to understand that I'm going to let the story go where it needs to go, but I'm going to have an outline, you know, nothing intense. I'm not to the point where I like, you know, jot down a couple of phrases of what's going to happen in each chapter, but I do try to just follow the three story act. And so I would say I'm much more organized with my books than I used to be. And I think if I really wanted to, I could be more of a plotter, but to me, it's just not fun. I think if you think plotting is fun, you should do it. You should go for it. For me, it's not that fun. I really want to write. That is my favorite thing. I love writing so much. And so I rather write than plot, but I do need to make sure there's structure. And so I would say if you are pantsing, if you found that that method doesn't work for you, you definitely can switch over and become a plotter. You just need to find the right method that works for you, the right amount of plotting. I've heard people say that, you know, they do a skeleton draft where they write out everything that's going to happen and then go back and embellish and add in, you know, some of the emotional thoughts of the characters and the, the setting, you know, what people are wearing, what they smell, what they see, just those things to really round out the story and make it a full book. And so that might be your method. Your method might be more of, um, writing down, okay, this is what happens in every single scene, you know, like, all right, they get married and now they're scared and now this person's dead. And, you know, then, um, you know, someone rose out of the sea and started taking over the world, just different things like that. Uh, it just really, I would say you just really have to find the method that works best for you. Yeah, no, that's really good. And the last thing I wanted to touch upon before, like, you know, we wrap up our conversations. What do you think is a pro and a con to being a pantser? And then I'll tackle it for plotting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the con first. I think the con is you can get lost in your story and not be able to find your way back to the end. Uh, I think that's a common thing that happens just because it's just so easy just to to write and keep going and then figure out, I don't know where this story is going and get stuck. I think a pro to actually pantsing is just, it just allows your creative juices to flow and you don't have any restrictions. And so you can decide, oh my gosh, the characters are going in this direction and I can make the book better by adding in this, this, and this. And then all of a sudden it is awesome. And you have all these plot twists and you have this new character that pops up and you can just keep going with it. But I think if you don't have an end in sight, then I think you're, it's going to get really blurry. Yeah, no, that's really good. For me, I would think, and I'm going to do a con first. So with plotting, you can get lost in the outline and never get to the story because you're so busy ironing out every single little detail, especially depending on how deep you go with your plotting. And, and especially if you're getting lost in world building, you know, depending on how big your world is, writers get lost in world building forever. And some don't know when to say, okay, I have enough content 
it's time for me to start writing. I know for sure, like in the beginning, that was a huge thing for me where I was constantly plotting. I never stopped because I was like, well, I just want this perfect outline and then writing will be an absolute breeze. Um, that's actually a downfall and a myth. Like you can get lost um, in your outline when you're plotting. Now, prose, I love, love, love plotting because it is so much easier to sniff out plot holes from the get-go. So, you know, one thing that frustrates me is like when I'm writing and then like I reach a kink and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how to fix this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even, this doesn't even like, I won't be able to reach the end with this. What do I do? Um, when you plot and you, especially how, depending on how deep your outline is, you can see those issues right away. Not that your outline has to be super extensive, but you're like, oh, okay. A, B, D. Oh, no, 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 no. We're missing C. There it is. Got it. And then you're able to keep going. So I think that is probably the biggest pro for me when it comes to plotting is just being able to sniff out plot holes and to fix that in the outline so that it doesn't become this big giant issue when you're actually writing, especially if you're writing something that's like 100K or more. Nothing's worse than having to deal with like massive plot holes with such a big manuscript. So I think that's the biggest pro for me. Yeah, that's a really good one. I didn't even think about plot holes and applying that. So that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, this has been a fantastic conversation about pros and cons of pantsing plotting. And I would really encourage you if you have additional questions or you want to share your thoughts, uh, come across to the community and chat with us. And you can get all of this in the show notes. Go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash 030. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.